I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Charges is created by Portal A and Control Media. It's produced by DB Podcasts in association with iHeartRadio. This time, a former Suns player who you might remember as T-Rex. More video in just a moment, but this is Rex Chapman's mugshot, and we are learning a lot more about the charges. Would it surprise the listeners how often a player or organization member crosses the line? Every once in a while, there might be some comments, someone asking, like, what sexual positions you like, or what are you wearing under your skirt or your pants. I don't regret not coming forward because there's no chance I would have been believed, and there's no chance I could have continued in my career. Zero. Zero. Welcome to Charges. I'm your host, Rex Chapman. Today on the show, we have a very different type of guest and a story to tell. I'm a man who has three daughters and a younger sister, so this episode really strikes a deep chord for me to help make this world of sports a better place today than when I was playing. I'm proud to have on former sports journalist Kat O'Brien, who for years covered Major League Baseball, but during that time, she held on to a secret. Kat worked at the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Newsday and ESPN before ultimately leaving sports journalism. She was a rising star who was taken advantage of in a despicable way by a coward of a man. What's worse is that it was committed by one of her peers, 
a professional athlete. A few weeks ago, she wrote a piece for the New York Times and told her story, one that she's held on to for 18 years. If you haven't read it, I encourage you to do so. Before we get started, I want to read this one part of her piece to you. Kat writes, I don't want this assault to be what people think of when they think of me. I don't want pity. Being a survivor of rape is only a tiny part of my story. There are hundreds of things more interesting about me, such as my passion for Spain, I've run six marathons and qualified for the Boston since having a stroke, that I've worked for several companies, the most recognized and respected companies in the world, and that I volunteer with International Rescue Committee. I've traveled to more than 30 countries on my own, moved abroad, learned to scuba dive in St. Lucia, kite surf in Spain and Brazil, and have been one of the few women in many spaces. I haven't lost my optimism. Kat, what an honor it is to have you on the show today. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Rex. Um, I appreciate your giving me the opportunity to talk with you and reach your audience. We'll get into everything about you, but I want to start here. Uh, tell me about your life as a kid. Where are you from? How were you drawn into the world of sports? Sure. Um, I'm from Davenport, Iowa, so Quad Cities, uh, kind of middle of America, right on the Mississippi River. I was the tomboy, uh, you know, played a lot of sports, did a lot of other things too, but didn't have any expectation to go into sports as a, a career. But uh, I really liked telling stories. I really liked journalism. I, uh, I went to Notre Dame for college, which certainly has a pretty strong sports history. And uh, I worked for the student newspaper, which is a daily paper Monday through Friday, and found covering sports to be get a lot more attention and uh, interest from people than covering what professor was giving a lecture or whether <laughs> a, a restaurant on campus might stay open half an hour later. Um, and so I kind of started doing more sports. And then I, I remember really clearly, actually, actually, it's sad timing, but uh, this professional track athlete, Paul McMullen, raced on a, in a meet on campus, and I did a feature on him. And he, he sent me a handwritten note a couple, several weeks later after USA Today had also done a piece. And um, he said that my piece was uh, better. And I was like this <laughs> 19, 20-year-old. And I was like, wow, this is really cool, this, you know, athlete. Um, and sadly, he actually just died this year in, oh. a, in an accident. Um, but he helped kind of push me, like, I'm going to do more sports. And then, you know, the... Um, yeah, so those small things that someone does can sometimes have un, unexpected uh, consequences and intentions, and and so I, you know I focused more on sports in the newspaper, and then ended up getting an internship uh, the summer I graduated through the Association of Women in Sports Media, and uh, I joined the Fort Worth Star Telegram as an intern, thinking maybe I could get on it like a small paper somewhere. The Star Telegram was one of the top sports sections in the country, and um, they ended up hiring me full time. And so that's that's my story and how I got into sports, pretty much. Look, I got to say, uh, my entry in the media was tough because of my background and personal life, but I never had to be an intern. But I, I got hired coming right out of the summer, um, actually partway through the summer, got an offer 
and then started covering primarily high school sports and then uh, also would help out with kind of whatever else was needed. The high school sports in Texas are a big deal. Uh, we had, at the time, different sections, depending on which area of the region uh, people lived in. So, you know, subscribers would get a certain edition and um, covered a lot of high school sports, football, basketball, baseball, track, you know, Crazy everything. Crazy popular there. Crazy very, popular. Very, very, popular. Yeah. Uh, next level. And, and then would help out with a lot of other things, especially, you know, in the summer, there aren't high school, high school sports, so... Um, baseball. Um, I had, you know, studied Spanish, so uh, baseball was really a particularly a natural fit because I brought something that um, you know most people wouldn't have in terms of being able to speak uh, Spanish with players. What was your favorite part about covering baseball? Uh, I mean, you you can get to know people really well because they play every day. So uh, I think you know that gives uh, reporters a better chance to get to know players. Um, I think that can be tougher in a big media market like New York, for instance, because there are so many reporters. Players maybe a little more guarded uh, with good yeah. reason. Um, but you know when you're around people every day like in Texas and there are only a handful that are there day in and day out in terms of reporters you can you know potentially get a chance to get to know people well I think I always tried to be fair with uh, not just players with everyone around sport and um, I think that people recognize that most people recognize that and um, yeah so I think just the the day in day out out aspect of it, while that can be a challenge, um, it also can in, it give you a better opportunity to know people as compared to football, like NFL, where they're playing once a week, uh, locker room access is super limited, uh, interview access is really limited. I think it's harder to get to know the players in that space. At what point did you have the realization, oh, because I'm a woman, this job is going to be different for me than if I was a man? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I guess it's just sort of a gradual thing. You know, it's like, I don't know that I thought about it much in college. Um, you know, in college, your access is more limited on a college campus as opposed to professional athletes. There are a lot of comments in the atmosphere that you deal with. Um, it, this is not just players. So I'm not singling out players by any stretch. This is just the whole atmosphere. So yeah. um, I don't, by any stretch, think that players were more guilty of sexual harassment or anything than other people around the sport or or in life, really. <laughs> but um, but it is a, a, a very male dominated atmosphere. So yeah. whether that's from you know agents to coaches to players to other reporters, um, it's just a reality that you deal with. I, I do remember like a few times talking to other women, but there weren't a lot of other women covering no, baseball. So maybe talk to another woman who was uh, working in Dallas-Fort Worth, but not covering baseball, or or one of the few women who was covering baseball, if they had any tips. Then again, you're like 22, 23. How much do you want to bother this person who's been working in the game for 10, 20, 30 years or in the industry for that long? Um, and and I, I remember different people talking about different approaches based on their personality, based on the experiences they'd have, because yeah. uh, you could, I mean, two people working in the same sport in the same uh, sector don't have the same experiences. So you might 
not have had maybe maybe you covered a team where someone was really egregious or maybe the exact opposite where a captain of the team was like hey you don't you don't do this mm-hmm. and yes. and that person had a, a a big positive effect um so i think you know dependent on the atmosphere uh, of course, then it, it, are you traveling? Are you on the road? Um, and, and then personality wise, like there are people I, I, uh, who have uh, a certain personality where they're going to react more strongly. They're going to, things are going to roll off them more easily. And then age. I mean, if I was, I was 22, 23 in my 20s, the whole time I covered baseball. So uh, you're at the same age or in many cases younger maybe than a lot of the players. Um, and uh, if I had been in my fifties, I'm sure it would be a different mm-hmm. experience one based on what you would, uh, encounter, but two based on even now, uh, I would probably have a different response. I might take a little less, <laughs> excuse That's my right. language, but That's right. Um, so. Say whatever you like. A lot has been made in the last few years about locker room talk. The locker rooms of today are very different from my era in coverage and decency. I'm ashamed to admit that while teammates belittled female reporters with inappropriate conduct, I as a young man did not step in like I should have, which makes me complicit. The workplace is meant to be a safe haven for all, but sadly across sports, we're seeing a pattern of vile behavior from the past to the present that must be corrected. The president of LSU says there was a, quote, institutional betrayal in how the university handled accusations of sexual misconduct. This comes as an outside law firm released its report of failures to address such issues on campus. Fifteen former female employees of the Washington Redskins have accused members of the team's front office of sexual and verbal harassment. This in a new report from the Washington Post. The accusations span from 2006 through 2019 and include longtime radio voice Larry Michael, also director of pro personnel Alex Santos, and his assistant Richard Mann. A new report on sexual harassment in the Dallas Mavericks basketball team. Investigators have found a hostile culture for women at the team owned by billionaire Mark Cuban. Cuban and his Mavericks facing the bite of a bombshell report, revealing multiple instances of sexual harassment and workplace misconduct over two decades. Carolina Panthers founder and principal owner Jerry Richardson announces plans to sell the team at the end of the season. Amid reports, he gave payouts to four former employees to settle claims of misconduct and racial slurs. Just five weeks after he was hired, the Mets dismissed their general manager, Jared Porter. He was quickly fired today when news of a sexting scandal went public. The Mets organization says it knew nothing about the allegations until Jared Porter called them last night. They say he told them about the disturbing claims being made against him by a female reporter from Korea. The Mets say he took full responsibility for his actions and expressed remorse. I, I, I got to say this. Uh, I, I was a teenager entering the NBA in the late 80s, and it was right at that time that, um, you know, ladies were coming in the locker room. And um, I, you know, and I've never talked to them about it, but I saw Hannah Storm worked in Charlotte, and uh, she was one of the first uh, that I knew that came into the locker room. Uh, the other was, Jackie McMullen. And I witnessed, you know, just 
awful things, you know, take place where, you know, obviously I saw that they saw, you know, what was happening and just the strength that it took to continue to work and thrive in that environment. So how would you describe your professional relationship with athletes during your career? And would it surprise the listeners how often a player or organization member crosses the line? Um, I, I mean, I would say with the vast majority of people, uh, for the most part, I had a, a good and professional relationship. I would say most players, uh, by and large, treated me very professionally. Um, e- even some said things like, oh, you know, I would... I would think of you like a sister or something. I wouldn't want someone to treat my sister X, Y, Z way. And so would, um, you know, in some cases even be more cordial where they might have snapped at a male athlete like they didn't want to because they didn't think they should treat a woman that way. So um, I, I would say most players and most people around the game generally treated me well and or, or or if not well the same way they would have treated a male athlete or That's a reporter sorry you know right. like if uh if someone I mean, and i'm not gonna negatively call out anybody but if, if if a certain player known for sort of snapping at reporters snapped at me it wasn't probably because i was a woman that was just because hey he was treating <laughs> me like everyone else yep. so you know there's uh one athlete who um was a notorious jerk. I, I mean, I don't, I, if anyone said he wasn't a jerk, I would be shocked. Like he's probably the person you're thinking of, you're thinking of this person, but I'm not going to name, negatively name any person. Um, and he also, he one time like, or more than one time, I remember purposely like basically walked around naked. So, cause you know, we would try to not be looking if someone's changing so that one was a very obvious one. Um, uh, so was that him being kind of a, a sexist jerk? Yes. Was he just a jerk in general to almost everyone? Yes. So, um, so yeah. I, I, and then there were others who, by and large, would treat me well. But every once in a while, there might be some comment, someone asking, like, what sexual positions like or what are you wearing or under your skirt or your pants which is like obviously not okay um but also other reporters making jokes about such and such female reporter must be sleeping with so and so um and i couldn't even think how many people uh said that over time uh and given i heard it said about um a lot of other women i can only assume it was said about almost all of them at one point or another so it's so sad it, it really is and and when i talked about i'm glad you said it you know it kind of freed me up you know one of my first experiences with uh, a female in the locker room um you know i had a teammate who just kind of waited for the the reporter to to come in and then took off his towel and then started you know using the lotion on his legs and to you know didn't start the interview until that happened now of course i'm calling that guy out uh at 19 and 20 and 21 and hell maybe even 31 i don't know i 
I didn't. And that makes me feel bad. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Department of Justice says 18% of women in the United States have been raped at some point in their lifetime. 18%. That's almost one out of every five women. Or the populations of Washington State, Oregon, Idaho, Nevada, Montana, Wyoming, and Utah combined. And about two-thirds of victims know their attacker. So why do only 16% of cases get reported? Well, it's complicated. Sometimes victims don't want to get the offender in trouble. 
Sometimes they believe police can't help. But every time, a victim is dealing with some sort of trauma. Most times we think of physical, emotional, or mental trauma. But what if I told you sexual assault victims are also hit financially? The DOJ finds that almost 50% of sexual assault survivors lose their jobs or are forced to quit. On June 20th, 2021, Kat published an op-ed in the New York Times and she came forward about the rape for the first time. The piece sent shockwaves throughout the sports media world, but to date, none of the leagues, including Major League Baseball, have acknowledged it as a moment of reckoning. I want to ask, and just as a starting point, I know you wrote about what happened and You've talked about it in other interviews, but still, are you comfortable with talking about what happened? And I want you to know whatever level of comfort you have or don't have at any point, just please, uh, it's okay to, and I'll stop and, and respect that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do my best to, uh, okay. and so I'll go a, a, as much as I can. I got it. Okay, thanks. Um, okay, so if you're willing, can, can we talk about the day of the incident or days leading up to it? And that week, you know, sort of coming to yep. a head. Yeah. So um, I just uh, uh, one a player um, not on the team that I covered. So I I I have at no point, although some troll sleuths on the internet like to think they can guess <laughs> who I very specifically did not give any clues other than saying it was not a player on a team I I covered. So. Um, a, a visiting player wanted to uh, said he wanted to talk uh, confidentially for a story I was doing. Um, I thought that seemed plausible. I, I initially suggested meeting like at a bar or someplace because it was going to be after the game. Uh, so that's what would be open. Um, and then he said, oh, I don't want someone to see and know I was talking to you. Um, can, can we do it at my hotel? And I decided, yes, uh, I was very trusting and, and thought, oh, sure, he's talking for, that seems plausible. He doesn't want anyone to know. Um, and so, uh, so I went to, um, his hotel room after the game, after I got done reporting and had, you know, my notebook and, and record to you know interview him and sat down to interview him and it did start as that so there wasn't an indication when I got there that there was any other purpose or anything else that he was looking for it, it all seemed straightforward he was not wearing like <laughs> no clothes or anything crazy um and then uh you know after a few minutes he like moved to kiss me and and I was taken aback and it's like, what are you doing? And I'm probably not going to like feel comfortable going no, into a lot of detail, okay. but he just, he continued to kiss me and push me towards the bed. And then he did not um, stop and he did not take no for an answer. And, um, and um, I, uh, I, yeah, I never, um, I never, I never told anybody until earlier this year. Not a single person, and I honestly oh, never really thought about telling anyone. I think there was one 
one or two times I thought about telling a, a female friend, um, basically in light of them talking about something much less egregious, but but not not great that had happened to them. And then I felt that um, no, if you tell someone, someone always tells someone. They tell their their boyfriend, they tell their roommate, and so then I was just really terrified that it was going to get out. Um, so I never told anyone, even though, um, I think it was the, the next day I was back at the ballpark and, um, I, a teammate of this player's, uh, I could hear and see him like gesturing and making, uh, saying something in conjunction with the other player's name. And I was just, uh, astonished that like, okay, this player said, clearly he didn't say I raped her. I can't imagine. Right, right. He was, had to have said like, oh, I hooked up with this mm-hmm. reporter or something that yes. made me look bad. And and I remember I was so like humiliated, like, oh my God, is everyone going to not, well, know this other version of it and think right. this about me because there's already this... Um, kind of this perception among some people that that female reporters are not there to um do a job but they're there to like pick up pick up guys or some crazy thing it's it's something that people it's a rumor that people say um and and uh i i always will remember that that teammate like he did he continued to do that every time i would see him and he would make comments or um, I would overhear him and I, I really tried to like avoid him as much as I could. Um, but that to me was a really egregious that he continued to do that for years that I was, you know, still covering baseball. That's just, it's just heartbreaking. Um, I am so sorry. Do you beat yourself up about trusting about trusting? Cause, and I have daughters 20, Mm -hmm. 22 and 26. And, you know, younger sister, I think about those, you know, young babies, they're babies. And, you know, being so trusting of somebody who's, when you look back, was meaning to do you harm. Well, I mean, I I do. And yet I also like, I don't want to lose that, like, ability to trust people or to believe the best in people. And uh, I mean, I will say, like, I... I feel like I have fought through personal things, through things happening in the world. You see like just terrible things happening in the world. I have like really fought to be like, I want to be, I I would much rather be a glass three quarters full person and believe the best of someone and be disappointed. Actually, I've run a lot with the Nike run club and there's this coach, coach uh, Chris Bennett. He, I can't remember the exact wording, but he said something. I was like, "Yes, that is how I feel." I would, ra- I'm going to totally butcher it, but basically, I would rather think the best of people and have them disappoint me than think the worst of people and just be disappointed in life. So I, I'm going to s- stick with that. But yet, sometimes you do have to be a little more cautious or protective. Um, so I, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess. Uh, to get into, and I talked about this in my piece, but for your audience. Um, so I never, ever, ever thought of telling anyone. And then uh, this this winter when uh, 
um, Jared Porter was fired as Mets GM. And I was reading, even though I'm not working in sports anymore, I'm not working in baseball, but I, I read things and specifically if they're particularly like relevant, interesting. And I was reading a lot of the coverage by people about him getting fired for persistent sexual harassment of a female reporter. And so I'm reading um, some just general coverage, but then women in baseball and sports writing about you know, their experiences. And then I can s- remember I was sitting, I actually, it was not this couch because I got a new couch, but I was sitting here like reading and uh, Britt Giroli, um from The Athletic had a piece and something that started out the same way happened to her. It didn't end the same way, thank God, but she went to interview a player in his hotel room. Um, when she arrived though, she had um, a very a romantic setup and mm-hmm. was basically like, what the, like, and she turned right. around and left. Um, but I read it and I just was like, oh my God, because it's it's not as if I totally blamed myself, but I kind of did. Like, I just like put it in this box over here because I don't think that I could have continued as a reporter it, it, if I felt like that was something that yeah. was like a danger right. for me. Um, and I also, I, I, I don't, I don't regret not coming forward because there's no chance I would have been believed and there's no chance I could have continued in my career. Zero, zero. So, um, but anyway, I read her piece and I was I just wish like, I oh could my disagree God. with you. I wish I could disagree with you. Yeah. I wish, I wish, I wish I could disagree with me, but, um, yeah. you know, I, I just, I saw she did the same thing and then I was just like, oh, I wasn't. It wasn't just me. I wasn't the only like person who would fall for this. Um, and and I talked to other people, well, lots of men, but women who have done interviews in hotel rooms and some who were like, it was fine. Some who had a bad experience, not only in sports, in journalism in general. Um, so yeah, I mean, we can get to that. But when my piece came out, the volume of people who wrote to me or reached out to me to say they've been through something similar, it was just, devastating just devastating not only in journalism i mean just people across the board yeah yeah uh i want to ask this um in this type of professional situation did you ever even consider that someone could do something like this and i asked because this was a crime and most people in most jobs certainly high profile public public eye type jobs don't consider that a crime could take place at a job i mean i know i had never thought about that I no I mean I guess where I thought of I remember a few times like either myself or other people I worked with telling me to be careful in certain situations like you're leaving a stadium late at night by yourself mm-hmm. um I traveled I I traveled to the Dominican Republic a few times to do reporting um, and I, I actually remember um, the editor was really worried, like, I do not want something to happen to you. And um, funny enough, I like I remember thinking, gosh, it's much more dangerous leaving like uh, Detroit or Cleveland ballpark late at night or the Bronx by myself than me being in a cab and such in the DR. Of course, any experience could, depending, but I, I yeah. generally like, um, so I would say just those sort of late night by yourself um, situations where you think, oh, should I pay extra and take a cab or, rather than take, 
you know, the subway or something right. that's a certain time, but not um, that it might be like, not that someone in the game might, yeah. Uh, I, I'm sure I know the answer to this, and I I just hate uh you know since you you didn't tell literally anyone afterwards zero chance zero thought given to calling the police. No, no None, chance. No. Right? I mean that's just it's, awfully it's just sad. A, it's it's well, just terrible. Something that's really um you know as I when I did decide to write this piece, so after I read Brits piece i i well then I, I told someone it actually like took a couple weeks but i was just like having nightmares and um couldn't sleep and was just crying a lot and i Sorry. decided to tell someone and tell like a few close friends and then um i decided to write something because even though i'm not currently a professional writer i, I did that for a bunch of years and i'm still a writer and I felt like I could tell my story better than someone else could tell my story. Um, and so I decided to, and initially I was going to publish it on Medium, but uh, as I was writing and like, I spent a few weeks kind of remembering different things and figuring out exactly what I wanted to say in the direction and, you know, did some research on stats and actually only like 1% of, of, uh, rape allegations end up with the person going to yeah. jail. One percent, really 1%. terrible. And out of all, I had hundreds of you people reach out to me. me. Um, they're somewhat higher than that have some sort of consequence, <sighs> like like they have to pay a fine or something like that. But in terms of like actually say jail, one percent. Um, and a, a very small minority are convicted. Um, and usually those there's some sort of there was a witness, yeah. there was uh, some sort of uh, video camera, uh, something like that. So no, I don't. I didn't think of it and I don't regret. I know that yeah. sounds yes. terrible because, no, you know, I, people have I, said like, well, how is someone else going to feel better about coming forward? And I'm like, they probably shouldn't. That is terrible, but they probably shouldn't. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. God bless and, and more power to every person who does come forward because I cannot imagine actually how difficult. I mean, I, I read stories of people who faced challenges at challenges is a very nice way yeah, to put well. it at the um hands of police uh or mm -hmm. people investigating um the yeah the only there was uh, almost out of the hundreds of people who wrote to me that it was like i think two people that had some sort of actual consequences for the That's person they accused sad. one insane, um insane. there were other people it was like an abuser at a, a camp um Wow. And and but there there were no criminal consequences, but he lost his job. And then one where the person was convicted um, served zero jail time, but had to pay the person's legal offense, uh, legal expenses. So oh my that's God. not to what say that there are people that um, yeah. do face um, more consequences, but it's it's difficult. So. In your piece for the Times, Cat, you wrote that uh, you went home and tried to numb your sadness and rage. Um, I can only imagine what you or anybody else uh, is feeling at that time. How did you deal with those feelings? I think I just tried to ignore them as best I could. And um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, uh, yeah, just to kind of like pretend as if it didn't 
had never happened. I, I wasn't 100% successful in that. I mean, I talked about there was a player who um, said things. I, I remember because I knew, like, this player had was saying things, um, the teammate. Uh, I remember a few times where, uh, say, I was applying for a job or I got contacted about a job. Or later, you know, I, I got my MBA and I stayed in sports but on the business side and I applied for jobs at Major League Baseball, at um, a couple of teams. I remember I interviewed with the Red Sox at one point. And I just remember being like terrified that uh, executive was going to find out, which is really so crazy because I'm worried that someone's going to find out that someone right. committed a crime against me. My um, gosh. But I don't think I was wrong to think that because – and that that's that's honestly one of the reasons I decided to come forward now, even though I like I can't prove I never told anyone. I there's nothing. But if someone else is telling a false story about you, all that is has had years to accumulate. I just felt like if if I'm gonna tell the, my true story and um, that way, if for some reason, I don't know if I ever decided to go back to the sports sector, because honestly, I was really good at working in sports and mm-hmm. um, I could go back into that space at some point. And if I decide to, um, I, I, my story is out there as opposed to just someone else's story. It's beautiful. You know, I, I want to pause here and acknowledge something, too, by the way. You know, none of this was your fault. Uh, you know, you're having to talk about something that was done to you and not by you. And in a better society, it would be the person who did this, uh, who committed this horrific crime and would be forced to deal with it and talk about it and face repercussions from it. And I just want to say, Kat, thank you. Thank you for your bravery for doing this. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. After the first few days of Olympic competition, we've already seen American exceptionalism at its best, with first-ever wins in some events and repeated medals in others. But we've also taken a few losses. The biggest? Allowing an athlete who has had multiple sexual assault accusations to compete on the world's biggest stage. Days after fencer Alan Hetzik joined the Olympic team, six women fencers filed formal complaints of sexual misconduct to the U.S. Center for Safe Sport, the nonprofit agency responsible for protecting athletes from abuse. Yet instead of taking these complaints seriously, once again, they were dismissed faster than Shakari Richardson was dismissed for taking performance-enhancing drugs. USA Fencing took it a step further and created the most insulting safety plan to protect women on the team. Hadsick was required to take a separate plane to Tokyo, stay 30 minutes away from the Olympic Village in his own hotel, and practice away from all women. With sports now being a 24-7, 365 billion upon billion dollar industry, there are still often heartwarming stories that take center stage. But as we've seen from coverage on the Olympics and even Major League Baseball, there is nowhere to hide when the line is crossed. The only hope these cowards have is to hope and hide behind those they've wronged in hopes that they stay silent. What was your perception of a Major League Baseball locker room culture, and could that have created conditions for such a horrible act you know to be encouraged or even or excused you know i think it can but i also think like societal things can uh so uh, i don't think that baseball or any league can solve these problems on their own and i also don't think that one act can be um say that you can say that's because of xyz or that's the result of someone failing to do xyz um so that's why i really tried in in my piece to say okay there was this one really really 
terrible thing that happened, but there was also a lot of, there were a lot of things less uh, egregious, but that were an everyday thing. And so when you deal with them every day, that can in some be just as challenging, um, depending, they can. Um, So uh, are there things baseball can do, teams can do to uh, educate players and team officials Mm -hmm. and frankly, can media outlets educate their own uh, members? Yes. Uh, is that going to prevent everything? Absolutely not. So I do think that there are things that can be done to kind of reduce the amount of, um, you know, sexual comments, harassment, things like that. Um, And hopefully, you know, even more stories coming out will make it less likely that some of those things happen. I think also uh, steps taken by other people who overhear it. So not an official thing, but... Um, if everyone moves one or two steps uh, more to the, like the side of good, if I can say that, yes. but that could make a huge difference. So maybe, okay, you're probably not going to get someone who's currently committing sexual assault or rape to become just this beacon of uh, supporting women, at least not in the near term, but maybe they become less egregious. Maybe someone who would never consider assaulting someone yeah. But, uh, you know, laughs about sexual harassment, maybe they don't laugh at it. Or maybe the person who doesn't even laugh about it but stays silent when they hear a joke says, hey, actually, that's not that funny. So I think those, like, micro steps can um, may sound silly, but I think that they can make a big difference over time. Yeah, yeah. When you decided to go forward and not report the perpetrator— uh, from what you've said in other interviews, that was a decision you made because you were aware of how these things normally go. Mm-hmm. And you touched on it a little bit earlier. Um, have you encountered with those ladies that have ridden you uh, any success stories where they've their perpetrator has faced significant repercussions? Um, so... Not really, no. Um, I mean, there are stories, of course, like that exist in the world. Um, uh, more, I feel like it, I've become even more saddened by kind of, I mean, there are any number of stories happening right now. There's, I mean, there's obviously the accusations against Trevor Bauer um, with the Dodgers. There's a fencer right now in the Olympics who has yeah, just so many that. sexual assault allegations against him, which by the way, my, my dear friend, Melissa Segura is one of the reporters on that. Um, he has these allegations. His whole team doesn't want him to be there. They had to fly him on a different plane. Like that means these are, there's some legit, you know, uh, there, there's a lot behind these allegations. Yes. It's not one person. And so that just kind of makes me sad that like, okay, well, we care. And yet someone's not in the Olympics because she tested positive for marijuana. For I, I, look, I know I know there are rules, but we have to bend over backwards to have this person be an alternate who has and, numerous. And he's an alternate. He's an alternate. Because you're going, well, he must be really good. No, not good enough to not be an alternate yeah. at this point, apparently. And they're giving him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. So, I mean, there was, of all the people who wrote to me, uh, I would say that the first week after my piece came out, I, I was, it was really overwhelming. Just, 
I, look, I had I heard from hundreds of people who I know who care about me who reached out uh, to support, be supportive. Um, there were some, you know, trolls on the internet and such yeah. that like say you're lying and and whatever. And but what was the, really the most devastating were hearing from so many people. I heard from complete strangers. I heard from friends, acquaintances, relatives, colleagues people I went to school with, um, other reporters, all of whom said like they either were sexually assaulted or raped some more than once in their life. And it was just so sad to hear from, and it made me really think like every single one of these people in some way, small or big, no matter how strong or resilient, whatever, has been negatively affected by this, 100%, every single one. And some in, you know, life-altering ways that they have never been able, I mean, people spiral and, uh, you know, I've listened to some of your podcasts and people talk about, you know, one terrible thing happened that ended up causing them to spiral. And um, so every single one of the person who's been sexually assaulted or raped has had uh, negative consequences in their life. And think about how much better we as a society could be if each of those people us, we people, I guess, didn't have that burden. Like, what could each of those people have accomplished? What heights could they have reached? And that's true, not just, it's also true of, you know, of of racism, of bigotry, of all kinds of things, but there's thinking about that one aspect of the sexual assault, sexual harassment. We could be so much better as a world if everyone, you know, could reach their full, full potential. Preach on. Can you look back now and see, did you, like, pour yourself into your job or into running marathons or, you know, did you exercise? How did you cope? Uh, I mean, I I definitely was very focused on my job. I definitely did not date really at all for a few years, I would Mm -hmm. say, like really until I moved to New York for the most part. Um, I, so I, I mean, a psychologists could probably yeah. say there's, you know, you're avoiding, um, potential dangerous situations or, or, you, you know, know, physically, you, you psychologically, know. like, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's also easy to, at the time be like, oh, of course I'm working. Well, I mean, I'm, I was covering baseball. I'm traveling 180 days a year for work. I, I work nights and weekends. So it's pretty easy to be like, oh, I don't have time to date because that's, you have to right. make time <laughs> for it. Um, but yeah, I think I, I was pretty focused on my, my on job, job and, um, you know, I was, I was at the time mainly covering high schools and helping out with baseball and other sports. And then I became the, the second baseball writer, um, like a few months, a year later. And then for the Star Telegram, we had two baseball writers and then I became the lead baseball writer. And then I moved to New York and covered the Yankees for Newsday. So, um, so yeah, I, I stayed covering baseball until 2009 when I left to go get my MBA. So, um, I guess probably was continue to be very career focused. Um, not that I'm not anymore, but it's certainly not the only thing in my life. Right. Right. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer, Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. 
Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. respected former sports journalist Kat O'Brien. In an opinion piece for the New York Times, Kat made this public for the first time that she was raped by a Major League Baseball player in 2002. She was just 22 at the time. She was a year out of college, and she says she never reported what happened because she was afraid of the backlash. She writes that it was, quote, a trauma that had been living inside me for 18 years. Eighteen years, 22 years old, this could have happened to your loved one. Unfortunately, possibly it has, whether you know it or not. Those who use their positions of power for sexual impropriety, your day of reckoning is upon you. We are seeing it in industries and in countries around the globe. 
We all must do our best to protect those in need. And if you or a loved one needs to hear this, share your voice. I support you. Speak your truth. It sounds strange to say this, but what are the positives you hope will come from you adding your voice to this issue of, yeah, sexual assault, but also the problem of women not feeling believed or safe to report their sexual assaults? Yeah. um, So I had kind of three things in mind, basically, that I hoped. One, that some other people, it's been mostly women, but I have heard from some men, um, would... uh, either feel comfortable coming forward, whether publicly or would at least seek help from friends or, or support, um, or at least not blame themselves. So somehow that people would find comfort. And a lot of people have written to me, some have written to me that told me they don't like only told one other person. So I do think that it's had some positive effect in that way. Um, secondly, this one is the one that I, I think the jury's out on. Um, I hope and hope that some leagues and or teams, not because this isn't just a baseball problem by any stretch, um, might do some things to make less likely the general uh, era of sexual harassment. This can also be media outlets, by the way, but do leagues, MLB, but also other leagues or individual teams put in place more education, more awareness of sexual assault, uh, sexual harassment, all of it, um, so you can't prevent all of it. You definitely can't, but you can make it less likely. I mean, I I mentioned the piece, there was one time, only one time that I ever spoke up. Um, and I was, I really didn't want to. And I, I, but I felt like something had kind of, there was a evolution where something was getting worse. Players were feeling comfortable to do something. And I ended up saying something and the team was super supportive. Good and, for you. Uh, and so uh, and, that, and good that was, for them. It was is Brian Cashman. Like, thank you. He was super Fantastic. on the ball. Um, like very much so. So you know things like that. I think uh, can help. So with management, if teams, if if player leadership are are um, not accepting. So that's one thing though that I hope more teams and leagues. I think there's more that can be done there. I know there's more that can be done there. Has Major League Baseball done anything as a group at all to do that? And, and I, when I say that, I don't know that NBA has or the NFL has either. I I know that all the leagues have some sort of mm, at least minimal training or education. I don't know all the ins and outs. I haven't heard. I talked to one person from Major League Baseball, really not on a official matter. I haven't heard from them in, in an official capacity. I don't know of any specific. You haven't? Major League I mean, Baseball has not really reached they out. They gave or? a statement to CNN when I went on CNN, um, and I did hear from like one person there. Um, I think uh, I, I also, I mean, I I heard from a couple of managers and coaches who I know in the league. I heard from one player, and that's yeah. So one person working for the league, two people who had been coaches or managers on teams like or or executives. On, on teams I covered and one player total. Um, so that, that actually was surprising and disappointing to me because there are players who I've kept in touch with over the years, at least sporadically that I would have thought to would say something, reach out. But, um, and then the last thing, the last one that I hope would have an impact 
This is one that literally every one of us can do. So I, I talked about this earlier, but just those like little steps, micro changes. I mean, I, I mentioned in my piece that the first two guys, people I'm close to that I told about this, um, they both were like, oh my God, that's so awful. I support you, believe you. But they also were like, but you couldn't get away. And uh, one in any situation, someone can't always get away. But then on top of it, you're talking about a professional athlete who is one, <laughs> a professional athlete, but also like outweighed me by a lot. Yes. And so to have two people who are really close to you say that, just so that chip of awareness, but even on a, a broader level, like I said, jokes, when someone around you is making a joke about sexual harassment or, or that like, oh, all women, X, Y, Z, just being a little more cognizant. Look, I would love to never have to ever talk about yeah. this. I would love to never have to like yeah. raise awareness to share awful stories. I would love for it to never happen. Cause, and recently, especially as like, since this has come out and, you know, if I see a story, I might like retweet it or I share it. And I don't want that. Like, that is not the thing I want to talk right. about in life. I, there's right. so many other things I care about. So just stop doing it. And then none of us will have to talk about it. Like, really? Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm going to tell you something that, that um, Rick Bettino told me once. I, he was, I had had a, um, I was, had a painkiller issue for many years, if you didn't know. And um, I was in rehab and he came to see me and I said, listen, nobody's ever going to want to talk to me anymore. He said, you're going to be fine. I said, I'm toxic. Nobody, you know. And he said, Rex, your story's going to help a lot of people. And I said, this isn't my fucking story. <laughs> Through tears. Yep. I, I understand two, that. Two weeks later, I had to accept, or a month later, or two years later, it's my story. And it's just going to be part of my story. And I say that to say this, that I can't imagine the pain, uh, not only during and, and uh, when you were young, but that you've carried all these years. And I, I don't know that there's ever a perfect time, but in this climate we're in, you're going to help so many people because I think you're going to, you are going to empower, uh, other women, other reporters. Um, it's not just women, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. to, to share their stories. So, um, I hope, I hope I, so. And yeah. And thanks for, thanks for that. And, you know, I want to say on, on that note, well, I definitely had the same reaction. I don't want this to be my story, but right. I guess we don't always get to choose what um, might be part of our story. But on the, you know, the op opioid addiction, I feel so grateful. So I, um, I mentioned that I had a concussion that led to a stroke. Um, oh my God, uh, I, I knew about the stroke. Yeah, the month after I graduated from Wharton, I got sick on an airplane. Um, they found me unconscious. I'd hit my head. It caused me to have, I'd never had a migraine. I had a migraine for almost two years and that caused the stroke. But I am really grateful that I never, and lucky that I did not develop an opioid addiction because I was taking like, I was taking like Percocet, Oxycontin. Oh, man. And so it, it actually really, like didn't, yeah. it actually like didn't even barely touch the pain. I was in that much pain. So maybe because it didn't help Poor me that thing. much, I didn't get addicted. <laughs> but um, but in knowing how easy it can be, yeah. you know, just by the wrong luck, I, I've heard so many stories. So I'm glad that you uh, were able oh, to get off. You. But I'm I'm you know I'm fortunate that I didn't um, because because I I was having to take those for for pain. Yeah, and you know, also I look back and I was 
taking them, you're unlucky also because I was taking them for emotional pain as well. And that is a, you know, I'm glad they didn't work for you uh, when I say that. This video is about why Jimmy Butler and Rachel Nichols indeed hooked up in a hotel in the 2020 NBA bubble. There's a ton of proof that support this claim, so let's get straight to it. Another thing, real quick, what, what's your opinion about the role social media plays on journalism today? How a story that has no confirmation, like Jimmy Butler and Rachel Nichols married uh, kids, supposedly yeah. became intimate during the NBA bubble, yeah. can go viral. How can reporters yeah. and even the audience know how to sift through and react to an overabundance of information? That is really tough. I, and I'm I'm actually wrestling. I'm trying to write something um right now related to kind of social media um, and women on it, particularly Twitter, um, because I know something I've noticed, I mean, I'm talking particularly from a professional standpoint, um, there are certain industries where it can be really beneficial for people's careers. Um, and I'm noticing women tend to be less active. And one of the reasons is they, we yeah. tend to get a lot of vitriol. Sometimes, I mean, I've talked to some people that have gotten like, explicit rape threats, yes, explicit yes. Um, people. Uh, there's a, a Olympian right now. There's a, a um, piece that just came out on her being stalked for years. Um, so I get why someone would choose to be less active. Nevertheless, I mean, thinking yes. on, as a journalist, it's certainly an important part of, of the profession. So that's a really tricky thing. How do people yeah. sift through what's true? I, I guess all of us, myself included, but we should all probably be more careful about what we're sharing, what's the source, but how reliable is that? Like, yeah. I don't know anything about what, if anything, happened between them, um, but I certainly have heard my share of women falsely right. accused of sleeping with a player or just sleeping with someone, it, yeah. whoever, because it, someone famous, what have you. Um, and, and, and also like also the athlete, like he shouldn't yes. be accused. He, I, who knows he, I think, I, I don't I don't remember if he's married or not, but he shouldn't be falsely accused. And nobody should be, I, I, I don't know what happened. Um, yeah. So, but um, you know, I, 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 that was something, I mean, even on social media, I think when I, it was in one of my last years covering baseball, but I remember the, the post stories about A-Rod um, right. coming out. And uh, I specifically remember talking to players being like, whoa, this is not something that people write about, about marital infidelity. And that's obviously changed and um, yeah. people do write about that now, but I don't know that that's necessarily a good thing. And I, I guess, I guess if it's, uh, you know, I, I do, I remember stories over the years uh, of, you know, maybe if it was an infidelity, like say with a teammate's right. wife, yeah, that's, that's, something that's, that's a story. messing yeah. with, you know, with the team. team. Um, yes. But I don't know that. I don't know that. Uh, again, unless it, I'm, uh, if it's a crime, then yes, absolutely. Yeah. Like if someone's a sexual assault or something. But I, I think rumors about what people might be doing uh, sexually. Um, I don't. I don't necessarily see the the need for it, and, and certainly, um, there are some outlets that, that like to to stir things up and. Um, 
I tend to not <laughs> spend a lot Same. of time on them, but Same here. Um, Kat, what's next for you? How can our listeners follow your journey? Uh, well, I mean, I'm not working in sports presently, so I, I don't know if Do I'm going to be the most interesting. Do you um, want to? Sometimes I think about that. I mean, it's I've been working in fintech for six years, so I'm not working in sports at all. Uh, but yeah, sometimes I have thoughts of, uh, you know, I mean, even as this was about to be published, I saw... Uh, like, so six weeks ago or something, I saw like a really interesting job at MLB at Major League Baseball. And I was like, I don't think I can apply for that right now. It would be just weird. Yes, you can. Well, it just felt weird. Um, uh, You know, I don't know. I don't know if my journey will take me back to sports at any point. I think I, you know, I worked at ESPN for a few years on the business side, um, specifically the Spanish language side, like, digital media strategy, um, social. Uh, while I was in business school, I interned at Real Madrid. Um, I love I love working on those partnerships. I mean, maybe uh, maybe the best fit is if I were to work on sponsorships at my own current company or, um, you know, I don't know. It, it's not something I'm presently, like, pursuing, um, but... Uh, I wouldn't rule it out in the in the future. Awesome. So well, I know it, I know if uh, I could see sports in your future, um, <laughs> and you've only brought Spain up six times during the interview, so maybe something <laughs> probably, in in international baseball I mean, and all yeah, that stuff. I think uh, you know if, if the opportunity <laughs> presented itself uh, in like football and and right. Espana or or you know work I I when I was at ESPN I have to, this will tie sports Please. and Spain together. When I was Please. at ESPN I got Rafa Nadal to do the this is Sports Center commercial. So, oh, that's so great. maybe I can just go work for <laughs> Rafa Nadal. That's right. And the tennis league over there. <laughs> oh, that would be great. Kat, listen, I want to thank you for your time and for your bravery in telling your story. I want you to know that I'll always continue to use my platform to advocate for a world of decency and safety. Also for a world where women are able to work in sports or anywhere with men as equals and be able to tell people their experiences without fear for their safety, careers, or reputations. Thank you again, and please reach out if there's ever anything I can do, Kat. Thank you. Thanks for all you do, Rex. Appreciate you. Take care. Charges, sharing our run-ins with the law. Charges, athletes, entertainers, and ballers. Charges, every celebrity ain't flawless. Charges, we came a long way from living lawless. Charges, sharing our run-ins with the law. Charges, athletes, entertainers, and ballers. Charges, every celebrity ain't flawless. Charges, we came a long way from living lawless. Charges. Charges is created by Portal A and Control Media. It's produced by DB Podcasts in association with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 